Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for this Our Community 2 episode. So Dorothy and I have switched things up a bit. Dorothy will be interviewing me. The questions she'll be asking pertain to my campaign running for the town clerk in the towns of Babylon. This is Her Community 2 podcast. We are your hosts, Catherine and Dorothy. Now we begin. All right. Good evening, everyone. It is June 2nd. We are recording live from Long Island. How are you tonight, Catherine? I am doing so good. I'm like super excited. (laughs) That's great. So this is really fun for me, I have to say. The tables have turned. I get to interview you. I know. That's what makes me a little bit, you know, I'm not good with this, So, but I'm doing my best. Of course. I know you will. And I've known you, Catherine, now for a few years, and we've worked on various initiatives together. Um, And as you know, I'm doing a lot of work out of Babylon across different fronts, a few of them related to business development and supporting the town. Uh, Also helping to increase the awareness of the tax issues, the potholes, infrastructure, and the general, you know, management administration of the town. So it's very exciting time. We just turned the corner uh, into June. July will be the second half of the year. And I have to say that time is flying. How does it feel for you? It, it always does. It always seems like there's never enough hours in the day to get things done. And it's it does. It's flying incredibly fast. The only thing is that I actually can feel it. It's moving fast. So yeah. um, because before you know it, we're going to be going into fall and oh, then Christmas. So, yeah, it is going by fast. Absolutely. And I also feel that it's the beginning of opening of many venues, a lot of pent up energy. For example, I went uh, out on Monday with friends to Salt Shack at Cedar Beach and so much energy. People want to get out. They want the fresh air. They want to walk around without masks. And yet at the same time, we have to be careful and uh, also keep track of, you know, what the CDC is saying and so forth. But um, that being said, you know, the focus of this discussion really this evening is on your very exciting campaign. So Catherine, my dear friends and listeners, is running for the town clerk of the town of Babylon. Uh, My only experience in running for office was something like fifth grade, running for class president. (laughs) (laughs) Freshman year in college at Dartmouth, I was on the student council. But it's uh, a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, Town administration, I just spent many, many years in the town of North Hempstead. I got to know quite a few people. And I also served as my neighborhood association president in Manhasset. So that was a very um, insightful way to learn about the issues facing residents, whether it's safety, uh, the school liaison, sports, uh, the young issues facing, sorry, (laughs) issues facing young people, the elderly, uh, traffic flow, business development, and a wide array of other issues. So let's get started. Uh, Catherine, when did you first start thinking about running for office? Uh, you know what it was? Actually, it was the when the death of uh, Thomas Fowler. I think that whole, you know, uh, you know how we went to the walk and we were trying to coordinate to like form some, some type of alliance and we got sidelined by a lot of arguing and, uh, and a lot of issues of these certain people in these uh, social media groups. Remember that? I mean, we were just like, everybody wanted to get involved and use that as their vehicle for their own agenda. So we kind of laid low when COVID happened. But I always, it just seemed like there's a lot of complaints with the courts and uh, fraud, corruption. And I just thought, you know something, instead of complaining about it and talking about it all the time, I should just dive in. And that's exactly what I Yes, and I do agree. So the Thomas Balfa case pointed out uh, the deep uh, levels of corruption and the family court, the Supreme Court, uh, child custody within the Department of Social Services, specifically child protective services, uh, the schools and how Center Mauritius in particular, the elementary school attended by all three of the Balfa boys uh, had 
that that some of the employees had filed quite a quite a few reports, and it was an amazing uh, experience in the sense that people really came together for Justina, the mom, and also so many people care about justice, as you know. The case is proceeding. They've separated uh, Michael Valva, former NYPD transit officer, from his uh, is it ex fiance Angela Polina. Um, I don't know if she's an ex-fiancé. She might as well be. I don't think they're going to see each other again. So right. I'm just going to, I guess we could just say fiancé because we don't know if, we don't know what transpired right. between the two, but yeah. Ironically, a week ago, I was out in Patchogue and uh, I met a young gentleman. We were talk- chatting with our group of friends and he's a security guard at the prison where Michael Valve is. Uh, but yeah, it's like, what a small world, right? And then yes. he, Pauline, Angela Polina is in Riverhead prison. Uh, that case is going to garner quite a bit of attention. There are various levels to it. Um, let's bring the conversation now from sort of Suffolk County, Yapank and Riverhead back to Babylon. Uh, Catherine, what do you consider to be the top three issues facing the town? Um, well, <clears throat> as we had um, uh, did the feedback on uh, a blog uh, that I had wrote and then I put it out there for as many Facebook groups as I could and not just the town of Babylon but all the townships what's the major complaint what's the main concern and also the good surprisingly there was no good in the town of Babylon I picked through the ones that were the most concerning and of course number one is the high taxes yes we pay a lot of taxes not as not as much um as like other communities on the north shore and east like smithtown hamptons but for us we're working class uh we pay the high taxes but for me i always like to get value out of my dollar and i don't think as residents we get that value so number one was Mm -hmm. taxes so although i have no power in lowering taxes but i surely can express how it is important that residents you know get some type of benefit from the amount that they're paying and not obstacles uh number two is of course and everybody else the potholes there are just so many I know I'm dodging quite a bit. And I actually got pulled over one time for swerving to avoid hitting a huge pothole. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a summons, but he warned me that it's I can't be swerving because I did swerve into another lane. But you know something? Thank goodness there wasn't a car there, but it was a huge pothole. So potholes were uh, another issue. And then the third one was that... Um, Quite a few people, um, the majority, do not like to see the town, um, instead of working, working, they see the town always doing photo ops. Yes. And I remember uh, seeing that, you know, there's just so many photo ops. They always have to seem like they're patting themselves on the back. They're doing this and doing this and doing this. Can't they just show a picture of the people that did the good and then call it a day and then let's do some other things for the disabled let's do some more things for the vets let's do some more for our seniors we have a large senior community so they really need to focus on those protected class of people but those are the three major things yes absolutely yes i agree with you and let's take it to the issue that we had discussed on the last podcast and the listeners who had heard that might refresh your memory and for the people who are new to our podcast welcome uh i did i did talk it up a little bit tonight i hope you don't mind over of in course Tobe. not over in tobe so we have <laughs> we might have some new listeners tonight exciting uh so the bottom line is that the uh the elderly the veterans and the handicapped so Catherine, i went through the town of babylon beach pass policy i went through the county park policy And then obviously there's Empire Pass, which is administered in Albany for entry to all of the state parks. So that would include Jones Beach and Captree State Park, et cetera. Uh, Actually, obviously Jones, uh, Robert Moses on Fire Island. So some great beaches near us that are administered and managed at the state level. Uh, What is your proposal as town clerk candidate in terms of uh, 
lowering access, lowering the access uh, impediment, and then and basically making this uh, free to those three groups of people. How will that work? Well, I, I know I can propose or put an idea in um, because as a town clerk, they actually attend every single type of board meeting, not just town council meeting, but every single one to record and take minutes. So there's a lot of information in those board meetings. And so I would definitely, you know, propose something to the effect that, and I truly feel this way, vets, disabled, and seniors should not pay for a beach permit. I just don't feel that's right. We, you know, again, we pay all these taxes. They tend to be on a fixed income. So whatever we can provide as a town to make their life better and easier, not difficult and harder, they paid their dues. Why do they have to pay for a permit? Does yes. that make any sense? Absolutely. And, absolutely. You know, a lot of times the beach can be therapeutic for a disabled person. And there should be quite a bit of handicap accessibility. You know, we need something to they can actually, if they're in a wheelchair, they can go all the way down. Because the path for like the town beach, it, it doesn't go all the way close to the water. It, it, it does, but it's not... Uh, it's, it's like a, a mat. It should be like a, a board, you know, that they can go all the way down to. But you know what? It, it, if it costs a lot of money, but it's worth it. Yes. And our seniors mm-hmm. too, you know, they yes. are on a fixed income. So a lot of times it doesn't cost a lot to pack a lunch and go to the beach for the day and hang out. Absolutely. Or go with friends. Or go with friends, family, you know, whatever. There's a lot of seniors who like to just go to the beach and read or just sit and listen to music, watch Mm -hmm. the waves. I am one of those people. So, uh, yes. And then also for our vets, again, the beach can be very soothing. It can be very uh, therapeutic for them, especially if they have any issues. It's just good things for them to have. And that really should be a perk. So yes, that would be a thing that I would always like like to, to raise. And hopefully that can happen. Fantastic. And I had heard some Town of Babylon residents uh, in years past put the pass on some type of plexiglass so they could put it up on their window and then give it to other people. They're being strict about the beach passes. It is linked to your license plate. So that's one issue, but nonetheless, we should have a process within the town of Babylon town clerk's office, whereby uh, the elderly veterans and handicapped individuals can can receive a beach pass and that they monitor it and maybe put them on a mailing list. So the following year, you know, it's sent out automatically. Uh, you know, the status probably wouldn't change. You know, a veteran is a veteran. An elderly person, once right. he or she reaches a certain age, you know, remains elderly person. The third group being handicapped. Uh, you know, that's that's fairly uh, steady as well. So again, I think it's a great idea and something that the town is not currently doing. Um, what about some of the other other issues, Catherine? The traffic issues. I mean, obviously, 231 going through Deer Park is not the best place to be driving. Oh my rush goodness, hour. no. That recently. Um, what, what can we do to improve the traffic flow? Also within Babylon at the end of 231, when you're coming in and heading west on West Main Street, mm-hmm. it gets a little sketchy, right? Yes, it does. It does. But you know what? I, I really believe these communities, when they were being developed way back when, and I believe some of them are even from like the seven, you know, the 1700s, 16, out, out east. It, it just wasn't made for this type of traffic. All these towns, I believe, started out as quaint towns or mm-hmm. summer homes for people who lived in Brooklyn and Queens and in the city. And so now we are a huge suburb of just traffic, Uber drivers, taxi drivers, yes. uh, mom and dad working, you know, it, it, and of course, teenagers, they all have a car. So we have abundance of vehicles on the road. Um, to be honest with you, now I know in 231, I believe the state is working on the roads to make it smoother, you know, to uh, enhance them. But as far as the traffic, I really, I, I really wouldn't uh, estimate what the state can do because we already have 
two lanes, which is clearly not enough. It isn't enough. That traffic, when I drive in the morning and in the eat or on the way home, where it would normally take me with no traffic 20 minutes, takes me 35. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a lot of stop and go traffic. And I don't have a freeway to connect to get to my house. So I have to take 231. Right. And that's the thing. There's no alternate way. You're doomed no matter what road you take because there's just so much traffic and they added additional lights. So I don't know if that helped or hurt the commutes because you're just there and you have to stop and then go and then stop and then go. You can't turn right on red. So it's very frustrating and I am seeing a lot of road rage. Yes. People are, oh. Well, so can you give me an example? I mean, I, I see it when I come out of the parking lot where, you know, Uncle Giuseppe's or Uncle G's, as we call it. That's a tough, yes. that's a tough spot. People come whipping around the corner and they're not really careful. What what kind of road rage have you seen in the Babylon area? Well, I've I seen that um, when you, when people cut somebody off, yes, then the person behind is like riding them right there in the <laughs> rear. I mean, yeah. it's not going to make anybody go faster. And then as soon as the light turns green at a stoplight, the second, not even a full second, someone's mm-hmm. beeping their horn. Beep. Right. Like, we don't know to go. Give me a chance to open my eyelids or something. <laughs> I just, but, uh, yeah, I do see that people write on each other. And then if somebody is trying to get into that lane, you know, and it, it's happened to me many, many, many times. I'm putting on my signal. I need to change lanes. And that person, it's like I, I'm signaling them to drive up so I can't get in. Right. And so I, I, which I, I really don't understand that way of thinking because I gotta get in there. I'm not looking to cut you off or make your life miserable. I don't know you. So yeah, it, it can be, it's, it, I see that every morning. I see it every morning. I let people cut in front. Listen, I know I gotta get to work on time too, but Sure. The world's a better place if we all follow the traffic rules, especially when we're commuting. And even though it may not be a long commute, but we got to make it pleasant. So just let people in. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I saw two guys trying to drag race today on 231 heading south. I was (gasps) just thinking, oh my goodness. So they were kind of revving up their engines. But other than that, I think it's very proper and people are polite. I'm I'm finding some of the interesting shops around here. Let's talk about business development, shall we? Because this is obviously a big source of revenue for the town. And it's sad to see some of the stores still shuttered from COVID-19. You know, what would your plan be as town clerk, you know, to work with the development team and, you know, promote uh, investment in the town of Babylon? Or is that completely out of the scope of the town clerk? It, it kind of is, but the town clerk does issue uh, quite a bit of permits and licenses. Some things that a store owner would need, like say if they rent a storefront and the landlord will let them renovate to accommodate their business, they're going to need a, a license or a permit per code. They're going to need a permit or a, a liquor license. They're going to need... Um, uh, now, I don't know if the town clerk with the liquor license, but let's just say I'm going to assume so. So there's a lot of wants and needs from small businesses that when I went to Canvas Babylon Village, so a lot of them, I gave them a flyer and they would tell me their concerns because I would really like to know because to be honest with you, my mom and dad had a local business, but, and it grew, but they did not have access to anything from the city or any type of access to a chamber of commerce. Mm -hmm. And so therefore they did not have the mindset or the know-how to keep the business. They just thought that since they were too old to work it, they sold it. Mm -hmm. They really didn't have anything like that new businesses have today or local businesses. So local businesses, the shops are just like, the storefronts are in masses. We need to reinvest in those local businesses. We need to lower 
the property tax on those because the owners, they're getting like, I mean, they're really getting hit hard because when they rent a storefront, the taxes are incorporated into the rent. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. high. There was a t- there was a store in Babylon Village that I used to kill time. I would take Lexi there she, when she went to dance there. It was a toy shop, and you know what? It was adorable. It had older toys and homemade toys. It was really cute and stuffed animals and and games. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she was telling me, mm-hmm. I asked her how much was the rent, and this was like going back maybe ten years, twelve thousand a year i mean what? a month a month a oh, month wait wait so how many square feet is that and what it the was location? a tiny store it was on on the corner of uh uh deer park and another side street where lomans used to be which is a uh it was a uh cl- that clothing store um where, Ki- where Kilwins is oh yes. yes yes so i yeah so it was two shops away from Kilwins. And yeah, she paid, she was telling me 12,000. Then she moved across. The rent was a little bit cheaper, not much. And eventually went out of business. Now, how does that benefit us, the residents? It doesn't. Everybody wants to shop small, people do. But unfortunately the store uh, shopkeepers have to pay that rent. And the only way they're gonna pay it is by business. Mm-hmm. You know, so we the town really should take a closer look at these small businesses, and instead of doing one thing, paying exuberant amount of something, there's a lot of appointed jobs that need to, should be cut. There's a lot of workers who make a bundle on overtime, and I'm not saying we don't need it on certain times, like when we have bad snow days or we have uh, construction improvements going on. But we really should be paying closer attention to these local businesses. Absolutely, yes. Yes. And then in terms of the safety, uh, you and I have discussed various uh, requirements of the town officials and leadership in terms of, you know, we've been COVID-19, many kids working, staying, staying home, studying, taking classes online. But nonetheless, there's a whole cybersecurity safety issue, as we know. And I'm happy to give, you know, a briefing on this on a separate podcast. But... Here specifically, there was um, an arrest of a man who had spoken to a teenage girl in the parking lot just off of West Main Street. Uh, I notice when I drive around, I don't see Suffolk County police. It, it's it's are they undercover? They just they it's so safe here. They don't come here, or they're in other parts of town of Babylon, but like Babylon Village, I rarely see a police officer. What can we do better to increase the overall safety, especially for our children? Well, we we definitely need to get to uh, get in tune with the police commissioner to find out why aren't there more cops? Um, why isn't there community policing where they're walking the beat? Like, remember way mm. way back when you had cops walk the beat? Yes, you know, talking to residents, you know, uh, engaging with them, just like they do in the city. You know, you got NYPD almost on every corner. I don't know about now, mm-hmm. right? But it used to be they were on every corner, and they would talk to res um, to tourists who mm-hmm. need direction. They would go ask. You know, they figure a cop knows the city very well, which they do, and so they go, "Oh, I need to get to this place. Where's Seventh uh, Avenue?" Where's the uh, Avenue of Americas? Where's Bryant Park? Where's this? And they'll tell them, they'll point the way and go. That's what we need here. We need community policing. And that's something that I think truly needs to be brought up uh, with Suffolk County Police Department. You know, I know they have, um, what is it, uh, COPE? I don't something know something like that. I, don't, Catherine, I, I don't forgot know. what. Yeah, I'm writing, I'm writing notes as you're talking because I'm learning from you <laughs> as you talk. There's, there's some. They have an agency to where these officers go to civic association meetings, uh, community meetings to talk about uh, certain things to give us a briefing on the crime. What's the latest, highest crime uh, thing going on? Right. But uh, definitely, we need a sense of community poli- uh, policing to bridge the gap of our residents, uh, certain types of communities of all races, and just connect with everybody. You know, they are there to protect and serve. 
And of course, when there's a police presence, there's a lot less crime. And not that the police presence are in, intimidating us, but it's a way of soothing the community and letting them, letting us know that they are there to help us, protect us. Um, and that's what we need, a sense of security. Absolutely. I haven't seen any any issues. I'm sure that, you know, some of the bars by closing earlier during COVID-19, but for the most part, uh, it's been fine. I, I can't remark about like North Babylon, but I have friends and you do as well in West Babylon. And I believe the issues um, are can be can be slightly different there where you have a different demographic. And I'd also say that uh, the community watch system uh, is different. I, I'm just happy that people are more involved in their communities and they're supporting each other and they're being more open to people moving into the community may not look like them. Uh, what are what are your views on, you know, the uh, the overall administrative burden of running like a more diverse town? Do you see from a town clerk's perspective, for example, that there there will be more challenges over? Is it four year term for the town clerk? Is that right? I, you know what? I for, I'm so sorry. I, I I really don't know about that one. That's okay. Yeah, well, I'll, I, I look, really. I'll I, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Um, you know what? I it depends on where people live. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way to stop. If anybody would even want to do that, stop diversity. Um, I that would totally be up to the real estate agent because there's I've read online that there's some people who cannot sell their home for what they are, but they changed it to where they would have a friend pretend that they own the house and they got quoted for the house being three times as higher as the original owner. Mm-hmm. And she had a different type of uh, genetic makeup and different race. So it should be, listen, who's kidding who? We need diversity here. That's what creates tolerance for little kids. When they see that growing up, then they know that they're, they don't see anything different. Mm-hmm. You know, right, different so. people. Yeah, it doesn't strike to them that, oh, that's an Asian kid. Oh, that's a Spanish kid. They, like Alexa, she, she doesn't have that type of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. agree. And I mean, I've been, in thir- I've been to 30 countries I've lived in five countries outside the U.S. For me, it's just perfectly normal to work with people from Asia, from Europe, etc. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Catherine, and, and sorry, my dog, uh, in terms of being, you know, as town clerk, have you looked at the town website and thought about how you would redesign it? And let's talk also about accessibility, this crazy situation yes. where... The town clerk is only open certain hours, and those of us who work until five, six, sometimes later, we cannot get anything done during the week. This is this ha- this is long overdue for change, in my opinion. What would you do to make it easier for residents and to change that accessibility platform? Um, we need to give the residents uh, um, different options online and in person. We really need to extend the hours of the town clerk because people can't make it between nine and five, Monday through Friday. And even if they were, like just say, they got off at four thir- uh, four o'clock and the town clerk's office closed at 4.30. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they're not gonna make it to their DMV has extended hours. So- sometimes, there's a couple of times during the week, I believe it's one day during the week and on a Saturday, mm-hmm. like on Tuesday, is their late night, you know? Town clerk, the office, it should. It needs to be uh, later and it should be really extended during the summer hours so people can get their passes and their permits, you know, accordingly. Yes. Yes. You know, they, they need to do that. And so uh, I really do. I believe in the extended hours and also make it easier to obtain a permit because you have to load up your. Uh, what is it? Uh, insurance, license, I believe tax bill, and all three have to tie in to the same address. Oh, and your car registration. Um, some people just don't have that. It could be they just got married, they got divorced, um, they changed their name, they didn't have a chance to update their address. 
especially during COVID, mm-hmm. you know, going to DV is a nightmare now. It's yeah. not like it used to be. It, it truly is a, a drama-filled situation. So, um, but yeah, it's accessibility, transparency, um, extended hours, um, making it easier to obtain simple permits and actually make them free to, again, to our disabled, to our um, elderly and uh, amongst others, and also low income. Excuse me, sorry about that. No, that's okay. And low income too, because a lot of people, don't have a job or they lost their job or lost their hours so a lot of times the first thing they'll cut is cable yes we talked about that absolutely yes we did right i would think it's it would be um actually fairly effective to like start with the veterans and go through veteran groups and make you know funding available for them then uh, go through all these other nonprofits that, you know, they have deep pockets mm-hmm. and that we could actually ascertain where the funds are available for that. It, the same applies to students or, you know, some families that can't afford what they call the bundled package. I mean, it's very difficult, Catherine, as you know, to get only internet. So it's usually like internet, TV, phone, or just internet and TV. But it's what starts, I, I don't know of any packages like less than $80, but some people have a technical capability of setting up internet hotspot and running exactly you know, through the house. But there are a lot of different options. But again, we need more initiative and innovation to give access because internet access equals education, learning, job development, job training, uh, working from yeah, home. Working. Socialization for elderly people. Socialization is so important. Not everyone has a Facebook account, but they, I believe it's the responsibility of the town at the local level. We are the grassroots individuals. We are the people that create a community. We, we form this community and thus we have to be there for the people um, who, who, who need a helping hand, basically. Oh, yeah. I, de- I definitely see that because if they're going to cut out cable, you know, I mean, cable and internet. Internet is the first to go in cable, especially with live streaming services. You know, a lot of people are cutting the cord and uh, because it's just too expensive. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with internet. If you just get internet alone, I believe it's like $50, $55. Okay, maybe to some, it's nothing. But to some, it's a lot. And especially when people just don't have that income coming in. So we got to do more, I believe, for the community. We need to make things, like I said, just easier for a better quality of life. Because everybody's stressed. Everybody's just frayed at the seams. And we need to make things a little bit better where a lot of people just aren't as miserable. Absolutely. What types of issues have people uh, raised to you in terms of uh, like problems and uh, challenges they would like to see you solve as town of Babylon, town clerk? Well, the issues that I get, uh, and right away I tell them, that's, I mean, I don't tell them, that's not my department. You know, I tell them because, you know, you can tell me, I would love to hear it. And I don't know if this is something that I can make happen, but it's certainly something that I could try to make it happen and support that idea. It's it's basic. It's um, they want more police uh, driving mm-hmm. through the neighborhoods, mm-hmm. uh, the potholes. They just dislike getting penalized to death if they don't get that permit right away or the license you know we need to calm things down with all these fees penalties it's just you get beat up to death and what's happening is that our families or these families in the town are moving out of state can't tell you how many times I read on Facebook people are just so fed up they're leaving the state, packing yes. it all in. And it's not just our town. It's the whole state. Yes. You know. And Florida. Yeah. And yeah. I don't blame them. Texas. You know, it, you can't survive here. And I often wonder how people do. So we just need to streamline a better better quality of life. And the way we can do that is through transparency, extended hours, you know, help these people out, get the things that they need. 
So yeah, that was the main thing. And again, the potholes, um, people just, they feel like the town is out of touch with them. So many things I've read posted in these uh, Facebook groups is that they can't get a hold of anybody. Mm, yes. Okay. They can't get a hold of anybody. No one's returned their phone call. Terrible. Uh, it is. And maybe they could be out of touch or maybe we need to add someone who is just dedicated to answering and returning phone calls and emails. So no one gets left behind. No one gets unheard. And people just want to voice their opinion and voice their concern. But what's happening is that they're thinking that it doesn't count. What's the point? They feel like, you know, nothing's going to be done about it. A lot of people just gave up. So I actually think that's an amazing idea for all of the issues, questions, concerns, almost like a 311 the city has and other right. towns to log the questions, assign it to a category. I mean, everything fits in a category at the end of the day. It might, it might cross over into another category, but nonetheless, it would give the town of Babylon, including Supervisor Richard Schaefer, Richie Schaefer, the, uh, the view and the yes. basically dashboard management dashboard to understand a what are the issues b uh what are the concerns and c uh how is that shifting like what are the trends oh last week we got so many requests for building permits uh this week we're getting so many requests for complaints that the beach passes haven't been delivered you know within a week that's what they told me five i think it was like four to five days business and actually people have been waiting for weeks oh like, no like two to three weeks well you know what the town I, you know what they do have their town meetings and i've been to a couple but they moved that town meeting so fast you don't realize what they're voting on because they speak so fast and before you know it you're hearing you know um mm -hmm. Uh, I, I vote yeah I vote this I vote that and right. you know your head is spinning and so what we need is an additional meeting just for residents to voice their concern what would they like to see happen it could be written down it could be raised of course everybody would get a two or three limit uh, and build from that build from that we need a type of grassroots where people are coming in and they're voicing their concerns and we need to, and as a secretary of all these town council meetings, I would definitely be writing these down and find a way to uh, help our town council to come up with solutions. You know, not just make them feel that their voices were heard, but we really need to prove our credibility to help them and to Absolutely. address yes. their concerns. Absolutely, yes. yes. All right, so we I would be so excited to work with you on developing that type of infrastructure whereby calls are logged into a main number. Obviously, people can submit, should be able to submit through an email address or even create a website. There's enough money in the town budget to that warrants and justifies this type of data collection and then also make it transparent. Uh, there's not enough transparency in the town of Babylon. I find that when I read the town of Babylon discussion group and some of the Facebook uh, groups that are online, people complain about, as you said, the, the delays in hearing back from town employees on yes. particular matters. Uh, why are people waiting over a year to have potholes filled in their streets? That's completely unacceptable. Uh, why are people not getting answers about safety protocols that should be, you know, on the website and make it easy for our, everyone to understand what the rules are. Uh, but yes, this is, you know, when people have challenges and frustrations, Catherine, I see that as an opportunity. And that is your opportunity as candidate for town clerk to uh, innovate, to use technology as an enabler. Again, like you said before, to determine which groups within the community, you know, should be given uh, certain rights and privileges because they've earned it, and they or and or that, like you said, the handicap, they're they're unable to 
avail themselves possibly even of the funds that they need to enjoy the beach so it's it's a no-brainer there i believe there's so many quote-unquote no-brainer issues uh that we could you know discuss in more detail but i think that's a great this is a great start i wanted to really understand you know where you're coming from why you want to run for office obviously the valva case was it was a big kickoff that wasn't in uh, town of babylon for all of our listeners that was further east in center marit There are cross-county issues involved in that case, Nassau County, Suffolk County. And, you know, bottom line is that both Catherine and I agree uh, that we can make life here in Babylon so much nicer. And also across the broader scope of Long Island, we get so we have so many visitors who come, not just those who drive from, say, Connecticut, New Jersey and from the city into to the Hamptons, but uh, North Shore, South Shore, Middle Island, all our great towns and communities you know, deserve safety, uh, transparency and local government, uh, and most important, you know, most importantly, you know, tolerance, but at the same time, respecting the rule of law, because the last thing we want to happen here on Long Island is what happened in the city just a few days ago, where an older Asian woman was attacked on the street in Chinatown. Yes, that's, that was horrific. Right. We, we There are such attacks. I was talking to someone this evening about, you know, a right-wing extremist group, uh, that that has to be nipped in the bud and i do have full faith in our police and our law enforcement suffolk county nassau county and in the federal agents who work diligently day in and day out to keep us safe here on long island oh right the the the, the suffolk county traditional t- cop they do a fantastic job and you know what i just wanted to say our town supervisor rick Schaefer. He is on top of these Facebook groups where they will tag him and he does respond right away and addresses the issue. I've never heard someone even post about how they couldn't get a hold of him and they wanted this done and it never got done. Mm-hmm. So he does a good job with that and people are satisfied when that but it should be more than just social media to be able to get a hold of your town supervisor. I know he always, he puts out there his email and his cell phone number for, so people can reach him. But um, we just need to kick it up a little bit to gain the security, you know, of what's going on in the town of Babylon and pass it on to our residents. And so it, it's not that the town council isn't doing a great job, but it could be better. It could be need more balance because I believe there's only one Republican in that town council. Not mm-hmm. quite sure, but I do believe so. So there's no balance. There's no, you know, you got to see both sides of a idea of any type of plan. You see the good and the bad. So we need a little bit more of a balance to be effective to our residents who live here in the town of Babylon. Sorry, I, I, I can't yeah. believe I flubbed that. <laughs> <laughs> no worries at all. T-O-B. Oh, I have to tell you a very funny story, and this is for our listeners. Uh, I was speaking to a customer service rep of a financial institution to update a record, and she said, can you please read me that address? And I said, yes, Babylon. Can you please spell that? Yes. She was from the South. It was really cute. And oh. she said, baby lawn. And I said, excuse me? (laughs) It's Babylon, B-A-B-Y-L-O-N. She's like, oh, yes, Babylon. So now that's the new joke with my friends that I live in Babylon or you live in Babylon or the town of Babylon. It was very funny. That is funny. That's kind (laughs) of cute. That is cute. Yeah. (laughs) If you talk about Strong Island or Strongman Island and... But how about those Islanders? Tomorrow night's the next big game against the Bruins. So exciting. That is exciting. Yeah, that is. That's that's very, very exciting. So, and I'm glad you get to watch it and you're probably watching it with your um, significant other at the moment. Well, it's tomorrow night. The game's tomorrow, Thursday. And they're actually playing in the barn, the Coliseum. So exciting. So they were playing in uh, Boston at I mean, I grew up in, near Boston, so we called the Boston Garden, TD Garden, I think it's called now. But the I- Islanders are back on Long Island for the next game in the series and second uh, round. It's very exciting, and uh, it might be a little bit of nail-biting. The last game was incredible, Catherine. Even if you or anyone listening to our podcast isn't crazy about hockey, definitely watch the last Islander-Bruins game. It was phenomenal. 
Oh, that's awesome. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So, okay. um, now yeah, do you have no. anything else that you want to add in terms of, you know, uh, can I, I can announce the event, right? On the 23rd? Oh, sure. Um, but I did want to let everybody know that, um, just about every weekend, you know, in the town of Babylon, on the weekends, mostly, I will be going to almost every single event and hand out flowers, uh, flowers, fly- <laughs> hey. flyers, yeah, flowers, uh, flyers. Yes. And uh, if people, you know, just want to stop me and just say, oh, you know, this and this and that, I'm all ears. You, we can only solve issues or make things better by communicating with everybody. And that's the one thing I am. I'm a huge communicator. I do believe in just talking, brainstorming, solving, and uh, just not ignoring people. And so if you see me out on the weekends and you can't miss me with my blonde hair, it's very bright. <laughs> Come up, take a flyer and introduce yourself and we'll see what happens. It's hopefully this election. I believe it's going to be great. It started out with a bang and it's going good. We're gaining momentum. So we'll, we'll see. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, and then when do you think we'll do the next podcast about Long Island serial killer, Valva, and other hot cases and topics on Long Island? Well, that we should definitely do for our next episode because people, uh, they want answers. They want accountability. Again, mm-hmm. our taxes are going to fund like child protective services, local mm-hmm. agencies, and we really it needs a major major overhaul and you know that for a fact it needs i honestly i know a lot of people may not be a fan of this maybe they are but i do believe there should be an outside agency that's not funded by our local or state agent uh government it should be privately funded to because that way they don't have a stake in any of this when they do an investigation of looking on the inside, you can't have a cop who works with a cop investigate that cop. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So we haven't heard any accountability uh, since COVID hit. So we have to raise that awareness again. Always. It's it's education. We need to make sure that these kids are safe and not just shipped off to a home and be vulnerable to sex trafficking or any type of abuse it mm-hmm. it's it goes on too much yes and i wanted to um br- take the listeners to you know your amazing uh facebook page her community Two, the number two uh where you you know you speak about child trafficking and it's really hard for people to fathom that that one or both parents would actually quote unquote pimp out a child you know sex trafficking of children is in the billions of dollars and it's something we we really need to stop put an end to it and it's going to take everyone being alert cognizant not being afraid to pick up the phone i you know i do understand that people have had negative experiences with cps and i've experienced horrific fraud uh, on behalf of certain CPS workers, you know, in Nassau County, which, you know, we'll get into a later podcast because I think this story is going to really blow. Yeah, it is. Blow people's minds that this is that we're living in this day and age and that this is actually possible that they, they traffic children. But yes, and there are two girls have gone missing out of Suffolk County. Did you read about that? I they're did. Looking, I they're did. Looking, they're looking for them now. Yes. Oh, my God. Prayers to the families. Yes. You know, they're dealing with a lot with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So again, with the fundraiser, Mm -hmm. so we have that coming up on the 23rd of June from six to 10. Yes. And it is $55 a ticket. Anyone can go on Facebook and look up my page, which is Catherine for Babylon Mm -hmm. and click on the events and buy your ticket. It's so easy. It really is. Or you can bring your checkbook to the restaurant and pay before you go in that i know we're doing as well yes so it's a good thing yeah you'll have, you'll have fun and you can again ask me anything get to know your candidate <laughs> yes absolutely it's so exciting i'm so looking forward to the event on june 23rd at 6 p.m correct yes great 
Absolutely. Uh, we will be there. Bell's on. I will make sure to spread the word. And just a reminder, Catherine, uh, speak to your team, please, and get me the flyers because I would very much like to go to the remaining, you know, Babylon, West Babylon, North Babylon, other uh, business establishments and uh, ask them to put your wonderful flyer in their respective windows. That would be awesome, Dorothy. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Thank I hope you have a really nice evening. So exciting. I, as I meet more people in Babylon, West Babylon and other parts of this great community, I tell them about you and the terrific work that you have ahead of you. You are not afraid of hard work. You're not afraid of roll up your sleeves. I mean, for, for goodness sake, we're doing this podcast. What is it? 1030 at night tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it takes a working mom to get something done, right? Absolutely, yes. It never ends. <laughs> yes. And you love your your children, your great-grandmother. Uh, my children are at the center of my universe, and uh, we all want them to be safe, happy, healthy. And, and that extends out to, you know, really everyone, not just those who are listening, but to, to the entire world. So thank you again, Catherine, for all of your great um, insights, your ideas that keep flowing and flowing. And I'm so excited as we uh, approach the summer months, some really fun campaign events coming up. And then we uh, move forward into uh, the election period. Thank you very much. And yes, you're spot on. (laughs) Have a nice evening. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Dorothy. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we are doing a quick shout out to local businesses to kind of like showcase them. This business um, that I'm about to talk about is a cleaning business. This girl, Brittany Alfaro, um, she's great. She's a young mom of three, and um, she started a cleaning business with her sister in law. And she's been working with her mom with her business for about six years. This girl was born and raised in Suffolk County. She's a Long Island girl. Um, she's very sharp. She's very business-minded. Um, and they offer, uh, offer a variety of cleaning services from light clean, deep clean, move in, move out, carpet cleaning, laundry, so much more. Just tell her what you want from, and she'll do it. You can reach her on her cell at 631 530 0311 and they also have a Facebook group it's at Alfaro and Benitez cleaning girls check them out see what they have to offer give them a chance that's what we all are all about small businesses they are just really getting off the ground and they know what they're doing I've known Brittany for a while great lady terrific mom and a sweet person so she's very well trusted, I'm telling you. I trust her a lot. So give them a call at 631-530-0311 and check them out. Check them out on Facebook at Alfaro and Benitez with a Z at the end. Cleaning girls. Go ahead, check them out. for listening to this edition of Her Community 2 Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our show. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button, rate us, and leave a review. Also, reach out to us to comment. We love comments, ideas, and feedback. You can reach out to us by emailing us at hercommunity2.com at gmail.com. Take care and be well and love each other.